0: All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Newt News. Uh, As I'm sure those of you who follow along, the team know. It's been a little bit of a rough stretch. After a really positive Dodgers series, the Cardinals split four-game set in Cincinnati and then dropped two of three to Cleveland, all three one-run games, uh, the last of which uh, truly a heartbreaking loss. Uh, And then today, the Cardinals started off a two-game set against the Royals back home. And suffice to say, it was, it was not a good game. So we'll be recapping that, and then we'll be talking about you know some of the upcoming schedule. The Cardinals are only going to be home for one more game tomorrow before a rare two-day um, off day. So two off days in a row almost never happens. Uh, and then they'll be on the road again for a while for another uh, tough road trip. So let's get right into it. Start off this week, the Cardinals went to Cincinnati And um, it was not the series a lot of us wanted to see. So coming out of the Dodgers series, I thought things were trending up. I thought the Cardinals could easily take three of four from Cincinnati. Um, And it was a rough first game. Andrew, tell us a little bit about the beginning of that series.
1: Yeah, so um, we go into Cincinnati, drop the first game, 6-5 in extras. Mm -hmm. Um, Helsley goes one and a third. um, And the Manfred man, he scores So on run for Helsley, but still not what you want to see in the first game. Had lots of opportunities to score, had lots of runners on, and just didn't execute at the end of the day. Then we go game two, win the game 8-5. Pretty pretty solid from the offense. Um, The pitching was okay. Wainwright has not looked as good as he has been in the last two or so years. But, I mean, hopefully he'll rebound today's start was a little bit better, not, not good on the offensive side, but um, I think Wainwright has been receiving a lot of uh, hate from the Cardinal fans that I think is unwarranted. We'll get into that uh, later on. And then the Reds take game three, 10, three, uh, Steven Matz uh, is now in the bullpen. And goodness. I think, I think his start on Wednesday was pretty indicative of why, um, Can't be allowing ten runs to the Reds, especially four runs in the first inning. Four innings pitched, eleven hits, six earned runs, and two walks is just not what you want out of your biggest free agent starter signing in the last like what five years? I don't know. Um, And then we salvage the split on Thursday with a two-one win. The offense has been kind of kind of slumping recently. Um, I think part of that is because we're playing nineteen games in a row. Tomorrow is the last game of that stretch, and then we have two days off. I don't know why they didn't just put that other day off. Like w- within those nineteen games, didn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't. I can't remember another time where a teams ever gotten two days off that wasn't in the playoffs. So I don't know what your yeah, take.
0: Schedulers off. seem to have it out for us. I mean, it's just awful. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Uh, after that tough series with the Reds, like I said earlier, the Cardinals went to Cleveland and continued that Ohio road trip. Uh, and Gravy, what did you see in that series?
2: So, starting off in Cleveland on Friday, um, it was another close game. Shane Bieber pitched in that game and kind of worked us for a long time. And then, you know, we lost the game. Uh, we rallied it with a late comeback against Basse, uh, but we weren't able to score that final run. Um, on Saturday we won, uh, on a Brendan Donovan, you know, masterclass game, you know, he had a home run and then, uh, I think he scored both RBIs in that game. Uh, but then Saturday, you know, we lost the game. We, we had a lead, I think for most of the game three, two, and then, uh, Helsley walked two straight guys on eight balls and lost the game barely in the ninth, um, so I think, you know, the main problem in the past couple of series have been runners in scoring position. We've had plenty of opportunities, but have been able to cash in on many of them. Um, so I think our offense is going to benefit greatly from, you know, the two off days on Wednesday and Thursday coming up, and hopefully that'll allow our guys to get some rest that they need.
0: Yeah. The struggles in uh, big situations were particularly apparent in the Cleveland series. Uh, looking at the numbers, correct me if I'm wrong viewers, but I believe the Cardinals went one for 15 with runners in scoring position in that series. So it's not like you didn't have chances. Cardinals went one for seven in game one and then over four in games two and three. So they had plenty of opportunities uh, to cash in with runners on base. What's even more frustrating is I believe the Cardinals hit four home runs in the series. And I don't think Cleveland hit a single one. So the Cardinals had the big hits come. The big hits just didn't come in the big situations, right? I mean, the, the seventh inning of Game 2 was particularly rough. The Cardinals loaded the bases with nobody out. In a day where they'd only managed one base hit to that point, uh, Karinchek came in and was just off. Walked the first three batters. He saw he comes out. And then the Cardinals can't score. Um, and it, it really has been like that lately. One for 15. It was followed by three straight pop-ups. And we saw the same thing today, where the Cardinals, down 3 nothing finally got an opportunity in the eighth inning. Uh, Myers showed some sort of crack. In his armor, and the Cardinals put together. They strung together two base hits, put two guys on with nobody out, and that was followed by three straight popups. So you just you just can't do that, uh, and that's kind of what we've seen lately from the Cardinals an inability to come through in a big situation. Uh, the Cleveland series was also really frustrating because it contained, like Gravy mentioned, uh, a walk off loss. Um, again, I think that's one of the you know the most important things. Um, For the Cardinals fans this year who are frustrated with Ali Marmol, I saw a lot of people wondering why they pitched to Jose Ramirez. I just want to ask you guys, do you support that decision? Personally, I thought an intentional walk and then see if Naylor can beat you. But let me in on what you guys are thinking.
1: Yeah, I was looking up and down the Guardians lineup yesterday. And one thing of note was that out of their nine hitters in their lineup, the only hitter with an OPS over 700 was Jose Ramirez. So um, the rest of that lineup is not threatening at all. I think you got Josh Bell hitting cleanup, who uh, we hear are not not huge fans of Josh Bell, but um, that's a different story. Um, but if you can work your way around Jose Ramirez, I know you're loading the bases, but no one else in that lineup is really a threat. You have to make them beat you. Um, maybe not intentionally walking Jose Ramirez, but throwing him not strikes. Uh, throwing him some breaking balls in the dirt, see if he'll chase a few, and then getting him to a more favorable count is even better than uh, what happened yesterday. So, um, yeah, definitely not
2: the best choice. Yeah, I mean, in that game, I think he was either over three or over four. Um, So, you know, in that small sample size of that game, he was not doing well. Um, I, I thought it was okay to pitch to him. I thought Helsley could have, you know, could have burned him with those hundred and three mile per hour fastballs, but just didn't work out for us. And you know, he shouldn't have walked those two batters before that. That that's yeah. that's the main thing. You know, you can't have eight straight balls to um to two guys before Jose Ramirez. That's just not gonna work.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, walking miles straw, <laughs> someone who doesn't have a home run in his last what, seven hundred at bats, I mean, that's not great. You don't wanna do that. So yeah, that was pretty tough to see. Um, really don't want you know your, your star closer like Ryan Helsley to throw nine nine straight balls at one point. Uh, but even so, I'm with Andrew on this one. You look through that lineup, and there's only one guy that can really beat you, and so you you just can't lose to him. You know, I'd much rather see Naylor get lucky and and find something weird than have Jose Ramirez double off the. I mean, it's just it's exactly what you can't do when you play the Guardians. But, yeah, so that was a very, very frustrating series. Again, the Cardinals lost two more one-run games. It's been a theme this year. Uh, Another close loss this week, as we talked a little bit about earlier, but I want to touch on more, was the 6-5 loss to Cincinnati in extras um, to start off the week. So for those of you who watched the game, uh, little-known Cardinal Trace Barrera entered (laughs) as a defensive replacement for Andrew Kisner, I believe. And he led a ball that shouldn't have gotten by, get by, to move the runner over to third. And then that runner scored on a sack fly. Why Trace Barrera is on the roster right now makes no sense to me. Um, (laughs) I'm really confused. So does anyone want to talk about that? Just another puzzling decision uh, as to why Trace Barrera is on the roster and more importantly, why the hell he was in the game.
1: So Yvonne Herrera, I believe, is hitting to like a 950 OPS in AAA. So I think – management wants to protect Barrera a little bit. And in that game, Wilson Contreras was the DH, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So in that situation, I definitely would have uh, lost the DH, put the pitcher in lineup, especially when you're approaching extra innings, um, because you still have a couple more bench bats left um, and not use Barrera in the catcher position at that point. I don't think he's gotten any reps at catcher recently at all. So Um, You just can't have him in the game. If they're trying to protect Herrera, that's fine. But send Barrera down, DFA him or whatever, and call up someone else who's going to be more useful to this team. Barrera, I believe, is like 0 for 10, has played like two innings of catcher. One of them was in that game to Milwaukee where we won by like 17 runs. So he really doesn't – he's not playing a role on this team. I mean, even call up Taylor Motter, he, he's been hitting better than Barrera. So I don't, I don't really know what we're doing here.
0: I never really understand why the Cardinals want to carry a third catcher. It made even less sense with Yadi, So I get, you know, you don't have an everyday catcher right now um, because they are committed to some sort of timeshare back behind the plate. Um, but I still don't understand. Like Andrew said, he just doesn't contribute to the team right now. And I understand not wanting Herrera up yet. If he's hitting well in A, just let him have his time down. Let him develop more. I get it. You don't want him up here where he's not going to get opportunities. But <laughs> Herrera contributes absolutely nothing to this roster. At least Modder has some sort of positional flexibility. I don't.
2: And, you know, there's another opportunity there. There's Lucan Baker. There's Moises mm-hmm. going. So, like, we could just have like a, that extra roster spot is very important. And, we could have some flexibility with that, so I think sending Barrera down or DFAing him is the the move there.
0: The Luke and Baker play is really interesting. So he hasn't been added to the forty man from what I know, right? And so obviously you'd have to go through that, but DFAing Barrera would open that spot up. I think with Baker they're just worried about losing him now, but I don't know. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me because they haven't really valued him very highly in the past. They've left him exposed to Rule Five drafts, so. I don't really get it, I think it yeah, I think that's a great call by Ugravy. I think it'd be okay to pull Baker up if he hits really well, fantastic and if not, um risk it because a lot of people don't really see him as a long term major league solution anyway because of big holes in his string,
2: yeah, I mean additionally too, like Luke and Baker has looked in, incredible recently. um yeah. he had a broken bat home run in the minors, I think uh last week, so he's a big guy, and I think he could really contribute to this offense.
1: Yeah, another thing to note, we might be seeing some more roster moves coming up because Lars Newbar had a pretty uh, scary-looking injury today in center field. I think it was diagnosed as back spasms, but it looked like something with his leg could have also been wrong. That's really bad now. Um, We've lost Tyler O'Neal and Dylan Carlson to injury. O'Neal was potentially going to be a starting center fielder um, in spring training. Carlson became the everyday center fielder before his injury. And now newbar who has taken the role over very nicely, plays really good center field for both us and for the Japan national team. Um, who, who are we even sticking in center field now? Is it going to be Mercado going forward? That's that's a little bit scary. Like I know he's been pretty good so far in the lineup, but I don't I don't think he's going to continue hitting like three fifty um, in the big leagues. So I All that's
0: right. pretty scary. I really hope newbar does doesn't have to hit the IL because if he's out for an extended period of time Andrew you're right there is not a center fielder on this team because all three are now hurt Mercado is probably the best defensive option but like you said I I don't trust his bat in the lineup every day I really don't want to see that that's pretty scary the Cardinals have really been bitten by the injury book this year especially in the outfield and what we thought was once a plethora of outfielders we thought it was a you know, a position of strength to this team has quickly become a weakness. Jordan Walker was not ready for the majors yet. DC and T.O.N. are already gone. If Newt's gone too, yeah, Oscar Mercado could be your starting center fielder for most of June at that point.
2: Yeah, do we have any updates on Dylan Carlson or O'Neill? I, I, I feel like Carlson might be getting ready to come back soon If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, or I don't know.
0: I heard he had yeah. some rehab and then he, it was like bad. He re-aggravated something and they decided he's going to stop baseball activities for a little bit for a reset period. Andrew, what do you heard about Carl, uh, about Carlson?
1: Um, Jeff Jones, a uh, good friend of the pod has said that Dylan Carlson has hit from the left side a little bit, but he's still very early in the rehab process. So we probably won't be seeing him back up for a little bit. It's really concerning. And for a team that prided itself on outfield defense and outfield depth, running out an outfield of like what, Yohan Yepez, uh Oscar Mercado, and Alec Burleson just isn't going to do. I think there's a pretty good chance that if Newpar hits the aisle, Jordan Walker is going to be back up um, and Alec Burleson maybe sent down or just replacing him on the roster. Um, Alec Burleson hits the bench. There's a lot of things that could – moving parts there, but – the, the defense is really not going to stick. Um, we've been seeing Tommy Edmond in right field a lot. He had that collision with Newt Bar against the Dodgers. That was pretty scary. He almost got hurt. So the outfield just looks like a mess right now. I really thought the outfield was going to be fine. We were supposed to trade these outfielders for pitching, but I guess um, the injury bug has some other plans for us.
0: Yeah, it's just, again, it's been really unfortunate this year to see how something that was supposed to be a strength is quickly turned into weakness for a ball club that really hasn't gotten a lot of luck elsewhere. Um, you know, for the Cardinals, it's right back to square one of, of really feeling like nothing's going their way right now between injuries, bad luck in close games, you know, hard hit balls that turn into outs. It's been a pretty discouraging week. Um, the Jordan Walker news is a little interesting. I guess you could see him back up. He's been hitting better. Uh, at Memphis than he was when he was initially sent down, which is good. But again, I don't really know if I want to see Jordan Walker here yet because the defense is just really, really bad. And I don't know if you can handle having Jordan Walker and on top of that having Juan Yepes or Alec Burleson in left because I don't think they would send Burleson down to bring back Walker because going to the IL would clear up a roster spot going to be tough and then having mercados not very potent bat in center field really would expose some serious holes in this roster i think
1: yeah we just can't have three of our top outfielders going down i think going into the season most of us projected uh, newbar O'Neill, and carlson to be our starting three outfielders and if those guys are all injured Newport's listed is day-to-day right now, so we're hoping that he's back as early as Friday, which is our next game after tomorrow. I don't think he'll play tomorrow, um, which is fine. Uh, give him a day off. Uh, don't want it to get worse, for, for sure. But, I mean, is this team back to where we were like two weeks ago uh, before the Tiger series? Is that where we're at right now?
0: I'm going to jump in and say no. It's been a discouraging week. But I've got a couple things that I think can add some positivity to this conversation. First off, this is coming after 19 straight games, right? Or eight, this is the 18th game in a row. Team's yeah. tired. Contreras is 0 for his last, or he was 0 for 27 before he got that base hit in the 8th today. Um, Arnato had been on a cold streak. Gorm's gotten a little colder. Oldie has been tearing the cover off the ball as usual, but turning a lot of those into outs. That's the kind of thing that happens when you play too many ball games in a row. The off days are going to be really good. team's going to be able to reset. And then secondly, the state of our competition. Even with all of the bad things that have happened to the Cardinals this year, they're less than five games out of the playoff spot in the division and in the wild card. And if you look at the Brewers right now, that is not a contending ball thing. The Brewers have a run differential that's worse than the Cardinals by a lot. Very, very bad. Uh, The Brewers signed Julio Teron the other day and then started him that very same day. Man had not pitched since 2021 and he had only thrown one start since the shortened pandemic season. That's not a contending ball club. I think the Cardinals are actually the favorite in this division. If I had to bet right now.
2: Yeah. And honestly, like the Cardinals are only five and a half back in the central, but mm-hmm. I mean, every single team in the central has either had a five or five and five record in the last 10 games or a four and six record. Like, I mean, the division is just wide open right now. And, um, while we do have the worst record in the National League right now, we are only four and a half games back of the wild card. So, like, there's still a lot of, you know, moving parts there, and we can easily make a run, if not after the All-Star break. I think uh, we have a chance to get back to at least 500 before the All-Star break, but, you know, our best baseball, as we've seen in the past, is usually um, in the second half. So we'll have to wait and see with that.
0: For sure. I do think, though, there's plenty of reason for optimism. I think the Cardinals still have the best roster in the NL Central. Um, Like we've seen, not everything's going to plan this year, but it's not going to plan elsewhere, and it seems to be worse elsewhere in a lot of ways. The Brewers are really lucky to be where they are right now. They, again, have a a terrible, terrible run differential, (laughs) well below zero. And, And the Cardinals are positive. The Cardinals have scored a lot of runs, and they haven't given up nearly as many runs as some other teams. They've had a lot of bad luck, and again, I expect that to recede. I've said 60 games, and we're close to game 60, but we look a lot better than we did um, at the end of April. I, I just think that we're still the best team in the Central, and I think the Cardinals are probably the odds-on favorites still. Remember, the Brewers are plugging Julio Tehran into a rotation that was supposed to be really good. Colin Ray, Julio Tehran, who are these guys? Not winning pitchers is the answer. Absolutely not winning pitchers. And furthermore, Peralta kind of looks cooked. Uh, he's been pretty bad this year. And Woodruff hasn't been great either. It, it's really just Burns instead of three aces, like you know, the Brewers Faithful envisioned during this preseason.
1: Yeah, you look at run differential and the only team in the central with the worst run differential in the Brewers is the Reds at minus twenty four. Yeah. Um, we did split a series at the Reds. Uh, I think we always tend to have some struggles when we when we head to Cincinnati. Wainwright never pitches well there, but we did win that game, thankfully. Um, I don't know if the Brewers are really going to be here to stay. Um, I think they're they were heading into a tough stretch. Um, I think they're playing against Toronto in their next series, um, and they really need wins uh, to to move up in that AL East. I mean, every team in that, that division has a winning record. So I think the Brewers are going to be in for, for a real challenge. But we just have to keep winning ball games. This is our easy stretch. Uh, we had Cincinnati, Cleveland, who has struggled a lot recently. I think we might have just given them a little bit of a boost, unfortunately. Um, Kansas City is the worst team in baseball, aside from Oakland, which is not a real team. Like, I'm sorry, but they're 10 and 45 um, games in a row. They're just not a real team. Um, And then we have Pittsburgh before we head and play the Rangers. So we have to win tomorrow. We have to definitely win the series against the Pirates and then hope the Rangers are not real. But I think this upcoming weekend – And tomorrow's game against the Royals is going to be very, very important to see where this team ends up. If the outfield situation is bad, that was where I thought we were going to trade from to get starting pitching at the deadline. So that's definitely something to look out for. Newbar has to be healthy. Carlson has to come back healthy. O'Neal's probably a trade piece at this point, because I don't think he and the organization are getting along that well, but A lot of things will be decided in the next few days, and we'll just have to wait and see.
0: I think I have a decisively better outlook on this team than most Cardinals fans right now. Um, But like I said earlier, this division still doesn't scare me. The Cardinals could be worse off than they are right now, and I still think they'd have a cushion. I just look around the division, and I'm not scared by anybody. The Pirates are pretenders. They are not contenders. We've seen them slip in recent weeks, and I think we'll continue to see them slide. I still think the Pirates are a 90-loss team, maybe more. I don't think they're very good. I don't think Andrew McCutcheon brings the same magic that Albert Poulos does, frankly. Secondly, the Reds and the Cubs are terrible. (laughs) I mean, the Cubs had a great performance today from Stroman. Um, But that cub I mean, Steele was not going to be a Cy Young contender. I'm sorry. And we've seen him regress in recent weeks. Um, We've seen the rest of that rotation regress, and that offense just isn't producing right now. Christopher Morrell was a little bit of a shot in the arm, but we all saw his very, very middling rookie season. He's an okay player. There's a reason he didn't start on the major league roster um, this year. There's a reason he was a bench bat when he came back up. He is not plan A for that team, and I don't think he's going to be long-term. I don't think he's that good. Uh, And like I said before, the Brewers, their pitching staff is supposed to be their strength because their offense, frankly, is awful. And their pitching staff isn't that great, so I think the Cardinals have plenty of time. Um, but like Andrew said, they do need to win ball games, and you need to win the easy ones. So the loss today was very disheartening, no matter what context you put it in.
2: Yeah, and here's a little fun stat about the Brewers uh, last series against the Giants. Um, so they lost three of four to the Giants, and they were outscored 28 to nine in that series, which is ridiculous. And they only lost, they only won the last game uh seven five so i mean the brewers pitching rotation is not doing great obviously and their and their bullpen isn't great so that's something to look as a bright side as well
0: absolutely one thing i want to know
1: is the 2022 season i think around the trade deadline the cardinals were like what three games back that was the that was the funny tweet that was going around um And finish the game or finish the season seven games ahead of the Brewers. So that's like a 10 game jump and the trade deadline is in July. So like the end of July. So you're seeing that the Cardinals can make up what 10 games in July. It is today is May 29th and we're four and a half games back five games back of the Brewers for the central division title. We're in last place and that's because the reds and the pirates have overperformed a little bit. That's fine. But the main competition in this division is the brewers who have not shown a commitment to winning in the past few years. I'm not going to say that the Cardinals have necessarily shown the commitment to winning. Like they haven't added anything like near what the say the Padres or the Phillies who are also struggling are doing, but there's definitely still hope in the season. Um, We're just not really seeing it this week, Um, but hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we'll be fine after this weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I still think the talent has to show through at some point. Arenado has been so up and down, but he's a great hitter. He's not just a good hitter. He's a great hitter um, who's seriously on some kind of Cooperstown track. And I think that's going to show through. Goldie's been awesome this year. And he's actually underperformed his expected stats. Gorman's been awesome this year, and he's not overperforming either. Um, I think this talent's going to show through. Michaelis has pitched really, really well since a rough start. Monty has been incredibly unlucky on the mound. Those two aren't exactly, you know, ace 1A types, but they're 1B. They're 1B types who can really lead a decent rotation. With Matt's out of the rotation and a very, very talented Libra up. He's looked very good in his limited outings. The bullpen thing was stupid. I I don't know why he was in the pen that day. Um, But aside from that, he's looked great since he got to come back up. He's throwing 98. That's great velocity coming from the left side. I really do think this team has all of the tools to win, and I think it's very unlikely that they don't. So, again, very, very positive long-term outlook. But short-term, it's still frustrating. Still frustrating to almost get perfectoed by Mike Myers and the Kansas City Royals, a team that, frankly, is awful, a team that you shouldn't even be competing because they suck. But, you know, today wasn't the Cardinals' day. Like Andrew said, just got to win ballgames. Hopefully they can win tomorrow, uh, go into this two-game off-stretch with a little bit of happiness, and then emerge better. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on a bit of an up and down episode of Newt News. Remember, even though it's a little frustrating in the short term, uh, we still expect good things from the Cardinals in the long term. This is still a team that's built to go to the postseason with a talented deep roster. Uh, Hey, we just want to let you know, please check out our merch. We've got some awesome stuff. Andrew's been designing some really great uh, shirts. Hopefully you'll see us around the ballpark at some point, uh, repping the Newt News logo. And then we've also got some new stuff up there as well. uh, Some Gorman themed shirts. Uh, One is still pending approval uh, to be sold, but we've got another one that's really great. So please go check that out. You can find links in the description uh, and then also on our social media accounts as well. Uh, Yeah, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment. Give us all your questions. We're hoping to meet up with Jeff Jones again soon. Wanted to plug that as well please send all sorts of questions so we can ask him uh, what you're thinking. We can get back to you as soon as possible. All right. Thanks everybody. Have a great day. Uh, Go Cards.